Welcome to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast with Rick Fox. We're here to talk about the industry with some of its biggest influencers. From technology, trends, and current events, if it's happening in insurance, you'll hear about it here. Make sure to tune in every week and join in on the conversation with us on social media at Vertifor. And now, here's Rick Fox. Welcome back to another episode of the Vertifor Insurance Podcast, the VIP. I am the host, Rick Fox. And today's episode I'm very excited about as we start to wrap up the year and look towards 2021. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited to have Elizabeth Shank, CEO, current CEO at a Agency Network Exchange, one of the most highly thought of networks in the country. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being on with us today. I'm really excited about our conversation. Thank you so much, Rick. I really appreciate uh, being offered the position to have a conversation with you today. And so, like I've said before, and people that listen to our show all the time, they know I love to get uh, perspective from people and get sort of their expertise. And Elizabeth's background is that of someone who knows what she is talking about, you know, have, have, now being the CEO at AE, having spent time at Keystone. Uh, she's been in the industry, Liberty Mutual. Like, I mean, she has been in the industry for enough time now that her perspective is not only obviously experienced, but she's, she's, she's done it long enough that she knows what she knows and knows how to help. So I think this should be a great conversation. Uh, I always like to start off by kind of handing the mic over, Elizabeth, and just sort of letting you tell our listeners kind of your journey, how you ended up all the way at A&E and and you know, kind of all you know the the journey along the way. So just you know, tell, tell us how you got here. Sure, thank you, Rick. Uh, when I was a little girl, I did not <laughs> plan to be in the insurance business. Oh boy, yeah, no, <laughs> no kidding. Like like most of us, we we really didn't uh, plan to end up here, but we did end up here and realized that it was uh, a wonderful opportunity and stayed. Uh, so w- with me, my story is interesting that that I started out as a, a temporary job, a summer job as a receptionist uh, in an insurance office and immediately um, found a connection and realized that this was something that I enjoyed. I was really interested in and wanted to learn more. Uh, so I quickly uh, advanced from there, uh, started taking all of the courses that were available and eventually became a producer in an agency and really loved that side of the business. And within uh, a year, I became the manager of the agency. I grew my book of business from scratch to three and a half million. And so that was, um, that was a great uh, opportunity for me to fully understand the side of the agencies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I also, you know, when I moved from, from that piece of it um, over to the insurance side as an underwriter, um, I, I felt that it was so important that agencies and underwriters understand each other's roles. And wow, if, if each one could spend a year in the other's shoes, uh, <laughs> what a difference it would be. Yes, so, indeed. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And so, uh, you know, knowing both sides, it really, I think it strengthened my ability to, to work with the agencies. And uh, after some time, I, I knew that my heart was out in the field 
working with the agencies directly rather than being at a desk. And once you leave your desk, you never go back. Mm -hmm. So that's where I ended up in, in the field, working with agencies, uh, moved in from a production position over to territory manager, and then had you know, a desire to uh, push myself and further advance. And I ended up in the uh, uh, home office. Uh, and in the corporate world in home office, I, I discovered that it wasn't my thing. I, I loved being in the field closer to the agencies, working with them. And with that, uh, not, to, not to move too far forward, I'd like to stop and, and, and address the, the piece of my role where I started working with networks mm -hmm. and I became you know, the quote unquote relationship manager for several of the well-known networks across the country. And uh, during that, that portion of my time, I discovered uh, all the details behind each network and what worked, what didn't work and uh, why agencies were attracted to them. And so that really became more of a focal point for me and that eventually led me to my position uh, with another national network. And during that time, I spent um, expanding the company's footprint, uh, bringing in new agencies and working with them. And the, the thing that has always attracted me with networks in general is the ability to wake up every day and genuinely help agencies and help them maintain their independence and advance their agencies to the next level. Yeah. So with that, uh, almost two years ago, I uh, accepted a position as the CEO of Agency Network Exchange, and I am very excited about what we are doing for our independent agents and the plans that we have to continue our growth and expansion. Well, and I think what you said earlier, Elizabeth, it rings so true for me and for so many of our listeners, I'm guessing, is the idea that working on both sides of the conversation from the, at the, the carrier level, the agency level, now you at the network level, you are absolutely someone who gets it, right? I mean, myself, having been an agency owner and now working on the tech side, mm -hmm. I understand what it's like to sit in that seat to be in that agency, to be in that grind every day. So you're not just talking to agencies, you know what they're going through because of your experiences in agencies, because of your experiences with carriers, having worked with other networks. So, so your perspective is awesome. And I, and I thank you. one of the many things that I do at Vertifor is I run the networks team here. So Elizabeth and I have a relationship where we try to help each other anyway, but having this conversation I think is for the, the masses to have people understand you might be in a network, you might not. Why aren't you, why are you? And that's kind of where we'll go. I wanna end there, but, but we wanna start again because you have such a unique perspective, such a uh, deep understanding of the, the independent agent and what they go through. Talk to me a little bit about what's going on. I mean, what a year, right? 2020, mm -hmm. I mean, craziness yes. this year. <laughs> Um, you're talking to agencies all the time. What, what do you, what do you hear? What have you heard? How are they doing? What's sort of the outlook for either tomorrow or, um, you know, 2021 give, give a little perspective on what, what you're hearing in the marketplace just to kind of share with our listeners. 
Well, th that's a that's an excellent question, and I'll tell you what. Um, independent agencies are truly independent, and they differ in many ways. Yep. And their current state, um, their concerns uh, are all different, um, and it all depends on where they are in um, in the picture. But uh, COVID has been uh, uh, huge with with the independent agencies. It's been a huge concern and challenge. And what has really impacted our industry is that it's not going to be felt in 2020 as much as it will be in 2021. Mm -hmm. So right now, uh, you know, the, the immediate concern was moving staff remotely. Right. I, I have conversations with agencies every day and some said, you know, we, we were always way ahead of the game and, and the majority of our agencies were fully, uh, our employees were fully capable of operating remotely, while others are still trying to figure out phone systems and, um, you know, their internal management systems uh, to be able to operate remotely. They're worried about cyber you know, the cyber yeah. risks now, yeah. that's huge. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, they're on all different um, uh, sides of the spectrum. But uh, the other is, um, you know, understanding what's going to happen, being able to predict and trends and all of that. That's, you know, we're not, be, we're not able to look at anything historic anymore right. and to just anticipate the next step. It's just completely unknown. Uh, one of the key concerns is being able to hold on to their current clients. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, the majority have been able to hold on to most of their clients, at least our member agents have. And uh, the only thing that's starting to show a little bit of erosion uh, throughout the past uh, quarter would be uh, some of the changes in exposure, such as reducing payroll, mm -hmm. uh, sales, that type of thing. But at least they're able to uh, hold on to most of their accounts. Um, and the other thing is, uh, which is a really big issue, is understanding how to continue operating in a face-to-face -face world now doing this remotely. So true. Um, yeah, and the agents, I mean, we're all about relationships, shaking hands, meeting each other. Um, and so now we've really had to move that over to the, um, a web platform. And, and some agencies have really adapted uh, and others are a little slower to learn, but those that adapt and move forward quickly, uh, they're going to be able to take full advantage of the situation while others are figuring it out. Um, and that is a huge, a huge plus for um, our network because they're learning from each other. And uh, as we all know, every, every agency is an expert in something. Mm -hmm. So when you take that, um, you know, those uh, multitude of expertise uh, and, and put it together, um, they're all learning from each other. But uh, that's a huge portion of it. And now on top of COVID, on top of everything else that's happening, now we have, um, you know, the from the uh, the elections, mm -hmm. the economy, mm -hmm. and also now we're looking at budgets, uh, mm -hmm. projections, and plans for 2021. <laughs> you know, how do you accomplish that? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what I would say to that. Um, and I'm, as I'm hearing you talk, I'm thinking man, what, like, if you, if you go all the way back to Elizabeth, you're a consumer, I'm a consumer, we're all a little uncomfortable with the world, right? We, we, in my case, it's like, I've got sports schedules for my kids for the next four or five months. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know, I mean, simply put, I don't even know if any of those games are going to happen 
right? Right. There's right. so many unknowns. And, and you mentioned the, the kind of the stress or the, the ability to not know what's really going to happen long term as it relates mm-hmm. to what's happened here in 2020. And it, as you're saying it, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, then what you need is you need other people in your life, mm-hmm. in your world, in your business that can help you, that, are, that have perspective that can, you know, to your point, are you budgeting? Do you have a plan in place? What's it going to look like for next year? Can we at least put something together that you can stay, you know, you know sort of aligned with, even though mm-hmm. it could change, it could pivot, it could move. And you know who those people are? Those people are networks. Mm-hmm. Those are people like you that are out there that have perspective, that have the one-to-many uh, conversations all the time where you're, you, can give, you can give advice. You can say best, of pra- best practices are these kinds of behaviors. Because some of these agencies, you're right. They're just normal people like you and I, the owners. I mean, they, they're all normal people. But, but beyond that, maybe they, 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 no one has been through something like this. But maybe they've sort of just moved along and everything's been okay. And now they're wondering, is it okay or is it not okay? And having that, having that, you know, somebody that has your back, someone like, a, in this case, a network that's, that's there for you, that can, that can really help you through times like these, not only survive, but thrive, man, that's, that's, where, the, that's where the rubber hits the road for me. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. why I'm glad we're doing this. You are our last guest last but certainly not least of 2020 <laughs> on the, on the show and i think it's a great per, it's a great point for people to be looking at are you part of a network if you are what is your network what what are what are they doing for you why are you a member yes. and if you're not i think the biggest question is why the heck aren't you right now like i look at it from that perspective because you just it is really tough to be that that lone wolf out there you know, on the plains, rustling cattle by yourself Mm -hmm. when the world is like this. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And, and so many are really starting to look at it differently now because of this. Would you, would you, okay. So let's, so let's shift gears. I I love the perspective. I think, you know, to a certain degree we've spent, we as a, a society spend so much time talking about 2020 and COVID and the elections and everything that's going on. But I really want to dig in because of, because of where you are and your expertise on, okay, what is a network? They're all different. They're almost mm-hmm. like independent agents, right? They all kind of do it a little differently. But why, if I'm an independent agent, why should I be either in a certain network, mm-hmm. in a network at all? What are those reasons? And and I think the, I mean, the old day would be, the old days was, yeah, you aggregate, you get market access, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But that's changed dramatically, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, tell me about that. Tell me your, your perspective on networks and why, why we should all, why every independent agent should be taking a hard look at that. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, it's interesting because when I deal with, um, you know, I have a conversation with an agency uh, with a hundred employees the first question that some of them might have is, we don't need a network. And I said, well, of course you don't. You know, no one you know, that we usually have conversations with would need a network. But those who are part of our network have, have taken the time to explore, understand, and found the value in it. So uh, the first thing to do is to uh, try to change the perception of networks. Uh, they're also referred to sometimes as clusters. Mm-hmm. 
I don't like that word. <laughs> I'll just leave it right there. Uh, and uh, another might be an aggregator, which is just one piece of, of a network. Um, I do like the 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 word network uh, because that's truly what it is. And every network out there serves a purpose, and they they serve that purpose well. But it all depends on what is it the agency is looking for. So I would always encourage an agency to, you know, make your list before you go out and buy a car, you make a list yep. of what is it I want? What is it that I need? And what is it that will help my agency figure that out and then figure out what do you want to pay? What do you want to uh, invest uh, of yourself, your time, and then do your homework and then figure out what's best for you. Mm -hmm. um, and, and as far as agencies go now, they're starting to realize that especially with COVID, what's happened is the carriers, uh, they're dealing with uh, some of the same challenges we are. We're having those conversations with them every day right now in the midst of planning for 2020 with the carriers, and they're, and they're facing those same issues. And everyone has to figure out how to work smart and how to accomplish X in a different way. And so uh, it's going to be increasingly challenging for the true independent agency and what, you know, what a network should do is provide them with what they need to continue to grow and to be strong and independent on their own. And so I would say that, um, you know, some of the attractions to, um, you know, for the agencies to networks would be uh, the, the scale because mm -hmm. now, yeah. you know, it's, it's becoming increasingly challenging to be um, a rock star with every carrier. It's right. just impossible. I don't care if you have 50 producers, you can't hit a home run with every single carrier and you have to have a lot. Most agencies have at least 30 carriers. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's a lot of mouths to feed. That is a lot of and, mouths to feed. Yeah. So you've got to have the scale. Um, and so you want to find a network that has enough scale. Some of the local networks, um, you know, when you've got, you know, 10, 15, 20 agencies, it might feel pretty powerful, but you know, when you look at it, uh, where are you ranked with your carriers? Are you number 240? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or are you in their top 50, especially the national carriers? Um, so you want to have enough scale and you want to have enough spread to where you've got a spread amongst agencies and areas and regions, but you not necessarily want to be national because you have to look at what exposures you're picking up, what catastrophic um, pieces of that. But, um, uh, you know, also um, you, you've got a unified effort now. Uh, you know, and, and envision a, uh, a boat with everyone with an oar and you're all rowing in the same direction. Uh, okay. You know, as, as an independent agency, would you want to be on that huge boat by yourself with one oar trying to row? Right. And so, you know, looking at, um, you know, a network, uh, you're all rowing the boat, but also uh, you want everyone around you very strong, very capable and rowing hard just as hard as you are. Otherwise, they're going to be a passenger on that boat. So that's, um, you know, that's, that's an attraction to where you can really knock the ball out of the park with every carrier if you're all rowing and capable of rowing. And what does uh, that mean? Let me, let me, let, let's dig into that. Just so when you sure. say knock the ball, knock the ball out of the park with mm -hmm. a carrier, if mm -hmm. I'm an agency and let, 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 let me play dumb, I, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. leading you down a path here that I know the answer to, but I want to hear it from your perspective. Sure. 
Um, but if I'm an agency right now and I'm out there and I'm like, I don't quite get what she means because mm -hmm. I have carriers. I'm feel like I'm kind of feeding my mouths, but you say knock it out of the park and get mm -hmm. scale. What does that mean to me as an agency? Okay. And, and that is that it's impossible for an agency to be able to achieve every goal to fulfill all new business, uh, to be profitable and to, have the perfect retention with every single carrier. Right. Carriers are aware of this too. In most agencies, you've got your uh, top five carriers, and those carriers are constantly striving to become number one because they know the top one, two, and three are pretty much the ones that are going to be the go-tos for new business. Mm -hmm. So, so a typical agency, you know, they they have probably 10 that are on the radar, 10 carriers, and the rest of those they have because they need them, but they can't provide them with a, a steady source of, in, of uh, uh, income, business, and growth. So uh, an agency is typically going to hit a home run with their top three to five, but those other six through 10 are very much an important relationship, but it's just not possible. Right. If they tried to hit the ball out of the park with every carrier, they would not succeed with any of them. And so when you put a network together, you all are giving it 100% because you don't want to have a, a passenger just hanging out and riding the coattails of the other right. others because that pulls the group down. There's accountability so, there as well, right? Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. And yeah. um, you know, no one's happy you know, right. if that happens. Right. So in this case, each agency is hitting the ball out of the park with a couple of the carriers and his counterpart or her counterpart uh, might be not doing as well with your two carriers, but they might be doing exceptionally well with two others. So as a group, you're all hitting the ball of the park with at least two or three carriers so that collectively everyone succeeds. Yeah, that's great. That is good. And, and it, so let's take it, I want to take that a step further, just from that same perspective of I'm an agency, I'm out there. I've, I've been approached by maybe a few networks or I've, mm -hmm. I know a few friends or that are in a network or that are, you know, that, and they, maybe they even love it. And maybe I just don't quite understand all of the things that I can get out of that. I'm, so we, we've talked a little bit now about, obviously that's market access and, mm -hmm. and that scalability for the small to mids, even the larger agencies that, that can't, you know, feed all the mouse. But if I'm a, mm -hmm. I'm in that smaller range where, Maybe I've got like, when I started my agency, it was Safeco first, and then it was Unigard, and it was Oregon Mutual because I was on the West Coast. Right. And then, and then you, you get to that point where you're like, okay, um, I'd like to, I'd really like to bring this traveler's appointment on, but they're asking me for a lot. How mm -hmm. do I do that on my own? So that's the market piece. But what mm -hmm. else? Like, is it, is, you know, like talk to me about training and mm -hmm. uh, conferences and support and consulting and all of, I mean, what, what else should I be looking at if, if I really don't, if, if I've always just thought of it as an aggregator, right? I've always just thought right. of it as this place where I could put business. There's so many more layers to a network. Talk to me a little bit about those other things if I'm out there kind of trying to, trying to make a checklist of things that would help my agency. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the, those things that would be attractive to a smaller agency looking for market access uh, may differ from those that are uh, the types of agencies that we typically, typically target. And those would be, you know, somewhere between, you know, 15 to 25 to 50 employees Mm -hmm. in that range. So, um, but, but what any agency should also consider too, uh, the intellectual capital, um, the intellectual capital, and, and so many times that's kind of looked at loosely until they get in and realize, wow, you know, I can pick up the phone and talk to a person that has 50 employees, and, and we understand how to manage producer performance. We understand how, you know, another one is an expert on automation. They can tell us all about Vertifor and how it's worked for them and how they, you know, um, you know did the transfer. So um, uh, that, that is, that is, equally important. And as far as the resources go, you know, it runs a gamut because you have, you know, some networks that re- provide every possible resource, but, um, you know, there, there's a, a price tag to it. And yeah, it's, exactly. You know, yeah. You get what you pay for with that, right? Yeah. And, 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 and there's a lot of overhead involved mm-hmm. now. What, you know, what the other thing is that, you know, and I don't, I don't want to make this an infomercial about A&E, but, no, um, but no, but please do tell us, I mean, give us more details. Yeah, and the key thing is to make sure you know that uh, you know what we do is we listen to our agencies, uh, mm-hmm. we survey them frequently, and say, "What do you need? What is it that we can do to help you right now?" And so uh, that's really um, what got us through COVID. Uh, yeah. and got our member agents through COVID because we listened to them and we were very nimble and were able to adapt and provide them with specific resources that they needed. And I'll tell you what, the needs change uh, quarterly. And so, probably, yeah. Probably right now, even more often than that, right? I mean, yes, the yes. World being oh so my crazy. gosh. Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, and you have to be able to be nimble and adjust quickly and, and make sure that what you're doing is for the whole of the group and to help them. Uh, and the wealth of restore, resources, I mean, we have national conferences, we have regional meetings, uh, we have information meetings with our candidates. And what we do is constantly say, what do you need right now? And one example would be, well, we need CSR training. And another would say, well, you know, I'd love to have CSR training, but I can't find CSRs or account managers. Right. Uh, another agency said, you know, producers and the other might say, you know, I'd love to get a producer, but I don't have anyone who can manage their accounts, you know, right. so um, chicken and the egg, workflow management, whatever it might be. Uh, and then we take the, um, you know, the majority of what they need and we find those resources for them. So an agency looking at that, you have to look at that as well. And um, also the long-term planning and they help each other out with the perpetuation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's huge. Uh, producer performance, you know, how to do that. Most agencies are great salespeople, great agents, and that's the way they grew up in the business. Mm-hmm. They they were a producer, they were a rock star, and one day they turned around and they were an agency owner. Mm-hmm. They were and a business so, owner, which is a different animal. <laughs> and, and I remember the many, many conversations where they said, Elizabeth, if I could just get out there and sell. And I said, you never will again. Ever, ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a curse. But, uh. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, and and um, you know, I, I think when you and I had talked before, we we talked about some of the things that agencies really should focus on if they're looking at a network. Yes, yes. Um, and 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 that is what I would strongly suggest is that 
you know, it, it's a um, it's a business commitment when you when you join a network, um, and so you don't want to enter into it lightly. But mm-hmm. uh, so you know, you're thinking long term, a long term relationship where you can work together and really grow your agency. Uh, and the first thing I would say is never sell your agency. Right. You know, right. Don't sell. You know, sit Trust on that me. investment Trust right me, now and that. grow Trust it. Trust me, I know. I know. Yes. <laughs> grow it. Stay so there. Annoying. You know, that's where you that's that's the greatest success in our industry is having an agency. So um, just nurture that investment and you'll get the greatest return. But what you should consider is make sure that your your network is going to be around for the long term. Mm-hmm. So you want to probably consider an agency network that's in the top 20. Uh, mm-hmm. the top 20 ranked through insurance journal and are you number uh, 11 right now i think uh, well we're number 12 we had 12. a new a new entry came in um okay. into the top 20 so right. we're number 12 now but congratulations we actually that's awesome thank you thank you and last year was our first time on, on the uh the top 20 we just continue to grow and 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 prosper so um uh the other piece of it is um i would encourage you to always make sure you look at the ownership, uh, the ownership of your business. If, mm-hmm. you, if you enter into a, a network, make sure that you own that business and make sure that when you leave that network that you still own it. Yes. And um, uh, the other is the ability to leave the group. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, most networks really want to make sure that you're going to be happy for the long term, but look at your contract and make sure that the restra- there are no restraints that prevent you from leaving the group. Um, and that when you do leave the group, that you can maintain those relationships with those carriers that you've built yeah. mm-hmm. and that you built through the, through the group and that you can leave and maintain that ownership. So, you know, those would be things that I would really encourage you to look at and also think about what is it that my agency needs. And, you know, in most cases, agents say we don't need anything, but <laughs> <laughs> you're <would> lying. <laughs> I would rephrase that and say, what could make you better? Yes, yes. What can help you succeed at a faster pace? How about that? Yeah, absolutely. And and so, you know, look at those and um, uh, also understand who owns the network, who Mm -hmm. owns it. And and whoever owns it, do they have do they have those independent agencies uh, best interest at heart? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do they? And do they understand? Are, are, are you all on the same page? Are you all in that same boat, rowing in the same direction? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, I would just say this, uh, you know, having worked with your network, knowing, knowing some of your agencies personally, uh, it's, it's those, you're the, you, you know, kudos to you and your group. Thank you. That's a very strong group of people. And when you made that analogy earlier about a bunch of oars rowing in the same direction, that's what you really want in my, in, from my seat. Mm-hmm. You want a network that's got some of, some of or all of those answers that Elizabeth talked about. You know, you're talking about what, whatever it is, training, hiring, uh, being an agent or a producer that's now a business owner and figuring that out. Just having not only the network behind you, but what that brings with it is that intellectual property that she talked about regarding other your peers other people that are there on your team in your boat rowing in the same direction that's so powerful i would highly recommend you take a look at at networks i would call or or back actually the best way would be reach out to elizabeth on linkedin uh and, yes. and look around and see what other networks are offering things but but use the list that elizabeth kind of laid out for you 
to figure out what's important to you, find that right mix. If you're looking to, if you're not looking to grow, then you can just turn our podcast off now and you just, you're fine. But if you're looking to get better, to succeed, not only survive, but thrive, then this, the network path is something you need to take a heavy look at. Elizabeth, I want to finish the way we always finish. I want to ask one question and I think your answer will be very powerful for people. So this is next part we're going to record time capsule. We're going to bury it underground and someone's going to dig it up in a year or two, three years. What is Elizabeth Shanks one big piece of advice for the insurance industry? My one piece of advice for the insurance industry is that 75% of independent agencies are currently part of a network. And the other 10% at the top are out there buying a lot of agencies. So they are large uh, brokerages. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that leaves another 15% of truly independent agencies out there. And many have uh, a perspective of what networks are. And those who have come in, I would say that 100% of those who have come in have said, wow, I had zero interest in the network. You know, I didn't need one. And once I, yeah. Yeah. And once I I took the time to do the research, then I realized it was a no brainer. Mm -hmm. And so what I would encourage every independent agency to do is to erase whatever type of mindset or opinion you have of a network or had in the past. Stop, do your homework, invest just a small amount of time to do your homework, research it, and then form your opinion. Because otherwise you're doing a a disservice to yourself and to your agency. And I always say knowledge is power. And so take a little bit of that time gather the knowledge that you need to make an informed decision regarding what is best for your agency. That's so well put. Thank you for that. And I would, my only addition to that would be is if you are in the 75% that are already in a network, good for you, Mm -hmm. but take a look at your network and make sure they're delivering and they're holding that you're holding them accountable to what you want to be a part of. And, and there are a lot, I like, there are a lot of good networks out there. But it might not be that it's always the exact right fit for what you're looking for. So always be willing to look. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being on with us. I really appreciate this. As we go into the holidays, I wish you and yours the happiest of holidays and a a bright 2021. Uh, If people want to get a hold of you, Mm -hmm. is it follow you or connect with you on LinkedIn and and communicate there? What's the best way to kind of stay in touch with you if they're interested in talking to you? Uh, LinkedIn is, is a great way. Okay. And they are also, I would invite them to also follow our company, um, okay. Agency Network Exchange, um, A&E. Uh, we are on Facebook and LinkedIn. Follow us there and uh, we will keep you up to speed with what we are doing and look forward to announcing some new additions of agency members in the near future. And I follow Elizabeth and she always has good content and good shares. So I would definitely connect with her on LinkedIn. And as always, if you are not connected with me, make sure you are, you'll get all the information about upcoming podcasts, webinars, things that I'm working on, my Monday motivations, everything that's going on. Elizabeth, you're a rock star. Thanks for being on with us. Oh, thank you so much, Rick. Appreciate it. We'll see everybody next time. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast and tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode. You can find more episodes at vertifor.com under the resources tab or wherever you get your podcasts. 
make sure you subscribe, and if you enjoyed this episode, share it on social and spread the word. Don't forget to join in on the conversation and recommend future guests by messaging us at Vertifor.